Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and thank you for tuning in. No matter where or when you are tuning in, we appreciate you taking time to check out the next episode of Society Rewired. In a bit of a bonus episode, we are releasing one of our episodes that was recorded prior to our launch. Jerry and myself sit down to talk about mental health and the obstacles that males are facing every day and the importance of having an honest conversation before we lose more males to suicide. If you're interested in hearing more and staying up to date on Society Rewired, do us a favor and make sure you hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever streaming platform you prefer. It gets us in front of more listeners, which allows us to get new guests to be part of our show. Also, check us out on all social media platforms using the handle at Society Rewired. Before diving in, we want to make sure to thank our sponsors as well. Rayfield's Art and Framing, located in downtown Sioux Falls, South Dakota, one of the premier art galleries in the Midwest. Make sure to stop in and check out their new location on Phillips near the falls or online at rayfeldsonline.com. Laura Hayes Communication is your first choice if you're looking for professional development. With live online workshops, speaking engagements, and consulting, you can't go wrong. Check out the website at laurahayes.com. Audiovisual Integrations has all your latest technologies to meet your commercial audio video needs. Check them out online at foss-avi.com. Rocky Hayes Designs, if you're looking for graphic design, website development, or business development resources, make sure to give them a call or check them out at online at rockyhayes.com. Last but not least, our affiliate organization, Survivors Joining for Hope. SJ4H is here to help families financially after they have lost a loved one by suicide. They help cover unexpected expenses such as funeral costs, burial fees, and grief counseling. Check them out online at sj4h.org or on all social media platforms. Now let's get rolling with Society Rewired. I'm Brad Hurst. I'm your host with me, Jerry Cook. Going on today, Jerry. Am I your co-host? I guess co-host. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna call you Jerry. See, I got, I got offended because you didn't give me a title. I know. Jeez. <laughs> Offend everybody lately. <laughs> it's 2021. Well, in our last one, that that might be the end of the friendship right there. It's, mm-hmm. it's some little simple thing that. Yeah. We talk about getting deep in the conversations and. Well, I like, give you a like title, you said, so now society we're rewired the start and the end. So this yeah. is this the end. Yes. episode one. We started episode two. We're done. We're done. No more shows. <laughs> Call it good. Oh, so what's going on today? I don't know what we were gonna. You know, we've talked. Uh, what we're gonna? Oh yeah, we're gonna focus on like kind of guys and the dude's perspective yeah, and how we need to we need to have the ability to uncork and and kind of share feelings and talk about stuff because I think the pressures of you know, male perspective or actually, you know, when it talks about mental wellness and yep. suicide and stuff like that, you know, it's predominantly males that, that, um, you know, that, that take their life. And I think that's a indicator of just mental health and mental wellness as well. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I think we're just going to jam on like, well, what, what's it like to be a dude or what do we, what do we need yeah. to do to like, from a mental let the wellness steam perspective. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what's it like to be a dude? That's, <laughs> what's it like that's to a be deep a dude? conversation. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. And that's, that's definitely a number that you don't want to hold. I think it's, you know, between 15 and 26. It's one of the, the leading causes for 
of death for males. It's, I mean, it's, that's a staggering number. That's a, a lot of, number. Yeah. it's a lot of pressure. Uh, it's, you know, what's, what's causing it, you know, what's, what's creating those issues, but obviously you can dive deep into that, but I think, you know, just kind of discuss, you know, what, how diff, why is it difficult for us to kind of talk about how we feel or, or the challenges we're facing and, and, or the pressures that society is putting on us. So it's, I think that's a good, good road to go down. Is there, what do, where do you want to start? I don't know. Boy, now we're on the spot. We're live. We're recording. We got to go. I, I don't know. I, th- I think just in general, um, I, I well, you know, my, my dad passed away when I was young. So yep. a couple weeks before my fifth birthday, two, three weeks, whatever it was. And for me, I, I, I've always had the ability to talk to people and open up to people and I actually credit that. I, I kind of joke, you know, but, you know, you've seen me speak before. And I'd always say, hey, if, if you've never seen a grown man cry before, you might as well, <laughs> you know, here's your chance to leave. <laughs> but, I, you know, I've always been fairly open about my feelings, sometimes right. to detriment for sure. But, you know, I was raised, I mean, my mom did a great job raising me. And that's one of the things that, like, you know, we, we talked about stuff and we were open with emotions. And so I've sort of been indoctrinated into that from a very young age. So for me, it sort of comes naturally. But I think most males that I know, most guys that I know, that's not the case. And so, you know, if, if it's sort of been either passively or aggressively sort of beat into our brains, that like, hey, you just you shut up and you deal with not shut up. I shouldn't say shut up, but you know, you just sort of like deal with your shit and, and you, and you roll. It. Yeah. Suck it up and deal with it and move on, which, you know, obviously you have to do that, but there's also a way to suck it up, deal with it and also relieve the pressure. And that's, right. that's one of the things I think that like we have to do is like, you know, when tragedy strikes, when you have a death, when you have, you know, loss of a job or whatever, like the world doesn't just freaking stop. So you can have a day or a week or a month or a year to like recoup and then come back. Like you have to, especially if you're a business owner, right? That's the thing. Like you got to keep, you know, the, the momentum we've talked about momentum before you Mm got to keep that momentum going and whatever it is, whether it's relationships with people, business, you know, and even, even if you are, um, an employee at a job, like there's a certain amount of time that most employers will, either allow you or give you some grace but then at the end of the day like you gotta get your shit back together and go right you know sorry but bring home the bacon you're back and on the front line yeah you're back on the front line going for it so you know the the critical part to me with that is like knowing hey i gotta keep gotta keep the momentum rolling but how do i relieve some stress so that it doesn't overwhelm me and right. like bad shit happen you know so and that's that's the thing I think that like for for my my perspective anyways that like for males it's always harder we've sort of been, um, you know, told just to suck it up to stuff it to yeah. to move forward and like it's not a big deal and whatever and so I th- I think that's a hard thing. Um, I guess one question. So I, I know we're our plan is to have an episode where we actually talk about you know losing a father at a young age. Um, but kind of going down that road just a little bit, one question I'd have is, you know, do you think that because you were four or almost five? Almost, yeah, it was two, you, two, like two, two, three weeks before my fifth birthday. Right, so before he passed away, I guess. Yeah. Do you think, you know, having that time, uh, so the p- other people I know that have had, you know, a similar situation, they've said that almost because they didn't have that father. And this could come from a divorce too. I mean, you know, sure. there's different perspectives. It doesn't have to just be death. You know, you go through a divorce where the dad's just or never just in an the absent picture. father, or an, yeah, absent father, car accident, whatever. Um, 
yeah, do you think not having that father allowed you to not necessarily get more in touch with your feminine side, but I guess, you know, if you, you had to lean on your mother for, from perspective and from a growth perspective, do you think having, not having a dad allowed you to be more, is that the reason that you are more sensitive with your feelings? Do you think that's why you're able to talk about things better? Do you think if he was around, you would have been maybe more closed off? I guess what's, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. You know, I definitely think it's a a culmination of all that. Um, you know, my, my dad was a pretty, he was, he was a cool dude. I mean, a lot of people liked him. He was, um, you know, I guess I wouldn't really say that he was or wasn't like a conversationalist, but like his dad, my grandpa, he'll talk your ear off and I love it because his, you know, it's story after story, which is amazing. Um, so, you know, my dad, I'm assuming was in a similar role um, conversationalist and out there. So, you know, if my dad wouldn't have passed away, would I be different today? Absolutely. Because it, you know, it's, it's a huge impact on my life. Um, how would I be different? I don't, I don't know, you know, but I do, I do think that like losing him and just, you know, being around my mom as the primary parent caregiver. or sole parent sole caregiver for basically most of my life um definitely because i had that female perspective more you know and things were talked about more and and just even being around the rest of my family you know that was she was kind of the person that i gravitated toward to to sort of learn from sure and so on many many plus sides you have that on many bad sides like i didn't have that male perspective. Right. And and even I, I miss that today in my life. Like, you know, uh, like you and your dad is a great example. Like right. He has a great relationship. And if any point in time you say, hey, man, I'm struggling with this thing. And, you know, maybe I'm the best person to talk about it. Maybe another friend is. Maybe a female friend of yours sure. or your wife. But you always have your dad to go back to because when you want your dad's perspective, like it's there. Yep. Well, that's totally gone. I don't have that at right. all. So, you know, and, and I, I know we know other friends are in the same boat. They're like, Ugh, I really would just love to have that that impact or that that input. And it's it, it's just not there. Right. I want to provide a different perspective. So you're right. I do have a fantastic relationship with my dad. I mean, it's, there's been rocky moments. I mean, oh, every sure. relationship is yeah. like a roller coaster. You have your highs and your lows. Uh, we, you know, we've worked through kind of some of those bigger challenges. But I mean, I would say initially, earlier on in our relationship, he and and by no fault to him, you know, it was kind of a suck it up and deal with it. Be tough. Be a man. You know, fight through things. Face your challenges head on. You know. We and that was a that was I guess up until the point of my brother's passing, kind of a not necessarily a mantra, but we didn't talk about our feelings a lot. There wasn't a lot of discussion around you know our own mental wellness, our own you know stress, anxiety. He had a very high pressure job. Um, you know he was working you know long hours, traveling a lot, so his job put a lot of stress on him. Which I mean, when you get home, he needs to decompress himself, let alone try to help decompress a right. angry teenager. Um, <clears throat> full of testosterone and anger <laughs> and hate towards the world, but uh, thankfully, I had angst, sports angst and artwork. Written. Yeah, I had sports, artwork, music to alleviate that that stress at that time. But uh, you know, once my brother passed, we definitely it opened the dialogue. I think maybe having you know that kind of traumatic situation happen, it kind of opened our eyes to you know maybe you can't just suck it up and deal with it. Maybe you just can't get over it. Um, you know, and these conversations need to be had by fathers with their sons. 
um, and, and just kind of open that conversation. I have three boys, mm-hmm. uh, and, and each one is uniquely different. Uh, you can already tell that each one's going to, I'm going to have a different relationship with each right. one. And it's not that I necessarily have a favorite. It's just the way they are, are molding and developing their own personalities. Now they're very young, but as, as you can even see early on, you know, based off of kind of interactions with them, how each one is going to be a, as far as relationship goes in my life. Uh, but, but my main, perspective is going to be always having an open door policy, open conversation, uh, cause we're going to face some, some difficult challenges down the road. I mean, my eight year old, he is adopted. I mean, that's going to be a conversation that we have to continue to have with right. him. So he fully understands. And, and that's really something that I do want to make sure is openly discussed. Cause I want him to feel like he's, you know, he, the day I adopted him is when we became a family right? and he needs to understand that, but that's going to create, I mean, just the idea of, of, being adopted is going to put stress on him. Um, well, the, I'm assuming he'll he'll you know potentially have some abandonment issues and questions right. of why, you know, not not why you did what you did, which is amazing, right? And I commend you for that. It, that's incredible. But on the flip side, why am I not good enough? Why wasn't I good enough? Sure. I mean, there's all that sort of shit that rolls right. around in your head, you know. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. And one, you know, as as we're talking here, one of the things that I think that you know, society rewired. How can we, Brad and Jerry, how can we help change the direction of how we think? Yep. Well, as we're talking, I'm kind of like, you know, it's sort of a, a weird analogy, but you take a sports team, you take a race car driver, you take a, a rock star, you take, a, you know, a podcast, any organization, no one person is the end all to be all. So right. if you're on a race car team, right? Okay, you have the driver. You're the driver of the Formula One team. But guess what? You have an entire support staff to help you. Because yep. if you don't have the right person changing the freaking wheel when you come in for a pit stop, you're done. You right. have no chance of winning the race. You're out. So each pit crew member represents a specific purpose. Absolutely. And you know, if, I think if if guys could sort of start thinking of themselves in that terms, like. You, you are the leader. Brad is the leader of Brad's race team. But right. Brad needs, you know, me, Jerry, to be the wheel changer. And, you know, your wonderful wife, Sarah, as the refueler and the or the team captain or whatever. And, you know, your kids <laughs> represent these yep. things. Like, if you start to think of yourself as the leader of that organization, and if one of those things starts to crumble, like that impacts you. Right. And if you build that organization up, you have support and you feel supported. So if you go out and you have a shitty race day and you lose the race because of your own fault, mm-hmm. you have this group around you that can help build you up. When you go out and you you rock it and you win the championship, you have this group around you that helps celebrate. But what is it? It's you and the group. Yep. And maybe you're not the leader of that pack, but you're in that pack. And that's that's a critical thing, you know. So how do we how do we build that structure? How do we how do we say to someone, what is the structure that Brad needs? Because if you're gonna try to do it all on your own, which is basically where we're kind of at, mm-hmm. suck it up, deal with it, get through your shit, don't talk about it, don't be emotional, don't whatever. That means you're trying to run a race team with you By as yourself. the driver, and that's it. It's right. it ain't gonna happen, you know. So no, I, I would agree. Uh, and we've done two episodes now, and you have two sports references. I might start a tally. 
at this point. So if you need more, man, three and you, and you, get, more. you get a third sports analogy, I'll tell you what, we're going to start a ticker. You're going to see it on the website. <laughs> Jerry Sports References. It's been three days since Jerry's reference to made a sports reference. I'm going to get hate mail from the sports <laughs> sports teams. No, Shut I, up, dude. <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely agree. I think each, each relationship in my, I guess, pit crew um serves a a different purpose it's it's you know my wife obviously she kind of gets the bulk of of everything she sees more of my frustration and anger i guess she has to deal with me on all levels so and she's a fan she's fantastic at it if honestly if i probably would have married anyone else i'd have been divorced years ago uh just because they'd have to trying to deal with me because actually i mean going back a little bit and that brings up kind of a unique subject so when my brother passed so my wife and I got married in February. I adopted our son in June, and two weeks, less than two weeks after I adopted him, my brother passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, two weeks later, I got a check from his life insurance policy. And then we went on our honeymoon. You know, less than a month, about two or three months later. And then I started a new job after we got back from the honeymoon. Wow, that's, that's a lot of all stuff. stress. That's all one year. Those are all very pivotal points. That was a very challenging year for me mm-hmm. and without her as that bedrock or or as my pit crew chief or captain mm-hmm. um you know i don't think that many relationships would have survived that much trauma in there and then i you know i think a year and a half later two years later uh the the maid of honor in our wedding passed away so it's you know if i wouldn't have gotten involved with survivors right um I also wouldn't have had the education and kind of the where all to help her through her challenging times. Cause it's a little bit of a, a give and take, I think. And, and even kind of reversing the roles a little bit as a male, like, yeah, I need to suck it up and be tough at times, at times but I for also sure. have to be vulnerable you know, right. for my own mental health. But that was one of the biggest challenges for me is with Sarah, when she lost her best friend by suicide, I didn't feel like I, even working with survivors as much as I had by at that point, I felt like I didn't even have the tools necessary to have that conversation. And I think right. without having an openness with your own individual life, how do you support those around you as well as a male? Because you might want to be tough and tell people to suck it up and get over it, but that's not the answer. That's not how right. you move through things. And and I think that we need to make sure that we're also not just you know reaching out for help ourselves, but we are opening our doors to help others. Right um, in their conversation because you and I will sit down and and have coffee and it might be declared a business meeting and then all of a sudden it turns into you know, <laughs> sports reference sports reference yeah <laughs> just a deep dialogue into into a challenge that one of us is facing and it's but that's good that's healthy yeah. that's I mean that's how you you move forward with things well and you know and and I totally agree with that and then one of the things too like you had kind of started off talking about you know my dad well you know, yourself, even though it wasn't your father, your brother was a huge part mm-hmm. of your life and part of your team. Yep. And so, you know, losing your brother and now for me too, losing my sister, mm-hmm. she was a confidant. She was part of my, so a huge part of my team. So we've both lost a, a, a critical, you know, family member, confidant person to talk to. Yep. And so that there's impact there as well. Right. But you're right. I, I just think that, you know, the 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 freaking methodology of just power through it is not always good. No. Like I I I did triathlons for many years. Um well this was when I was a little younger, but you know, that's one of those things where you truly you suck it up and you power through it, but it's a temporary thing. 
right? Even, even the biggest race, like, you know, if you do an Ironman, like I did a half Ironman was my biggest one. And I got done with that race. And toward the end of it, when you're running home and it, you know, to the, to the finish. And it felt like somebody was like literally smacking me in the legs with a baseball bat every single step, Mm -hmm. you know, cause I walked and ran, but, (laughs) but you know, it was brutal. It was intense. But you also know there's a finite end to it. You're not going to continue every day going forward yep. getting the shit kicked out of you. But some of the stuff that just we all, male, female, whatever, you deal with things that have sort of that, can have that methodology of getting your ass kicked every day by it because there isn't an end to it. How do you end the... Uh, you know, the loss and the pain and the suffering of your brother not being here. Right. You don't. Mm-mm. Now you heal from it and you, uh, you know, you adjust to it and you work through it, but that thing will always be yeah, it's there. It's never the same. It's never the same. So, you know, it's, if, to me, it's easy to say, oh, Brad, you're having a, you're having a tough week at work because you have a big project. Just suck it up, you wuss, and get through it and you'll be fine. That's okay because that's a temporary thing. And ultimately in your life, is it like a major impact? No. It's impacting you now because maybe you've missed a vacation. Maybe, you you know, you blew off your anniversary and you, you know, or whatever the deal is, like these things that aren't good. But that's a very finite thing and temporary. Some of this other stuff, I don't think you can apply the same logic of just suck it up and deal with it because it's it's a long-term thing. Right. You got to open up the dialogue a little bit and... And start the ball some rolling somewhere. I think another kind of point that this kind of got me thinking about was as a business owner, entrepreneur, you know, as a male, I guess it's kind of been ingrained in me that, that you work and you work hard mm-hmm. and you, you, you said you push through things. Well, you do need a break, you know? It's, yeah, you have to, you can start at 7am. I mean, the idea of, of being successful is, is, you know, not showing weakness, continuing to power through being, you know, getting up at, you know, four or 5 a.m. and working till nine, 10 o'clock at night. But, you know, as a male, I still got to be a father for my right. boys. And it's kind of like, you know, and especially now that, you know, and not, not to go back to COVID, but, you know, we, family and work are now very intertwined. Right. Um, so it's, it's hard. You got to make sure that you kind of close that door and create that separation. And for me, yeah, that was difficult. I, it created a lot of stress and a lot of challenges for me, just kind of making sure that, you know, I, I want to work. I want to be successful. I want to provide as much as I can for my family, but it's a balance. I can't just work twenty four seven and not be present for my family. Right. I need to be present for my family, both financially and emotionally, and that's been a little bit of a balance and a power struggle from within myself as an individual. Because it's, and even if you don't have a family, I mean, for your own mental wellness, I mean, you you still have to make sure you take breaks, take time for you, because otherwise you're gonna break down. You can't. You're not a machine. None of us are machines. We right. need breaks. No, I I agree. I mean, I definitely I know people who their uh you know their hobby, their joy, their pastime, whatever is their occupation, their work, their business, mm-hmm. or whatever, and they just like hardcore pound out hours, and that and they're very fulfilled by that, and that's right. totally fine. I think the rest, most of the rest of the people, you know, you have to find, I hate to use the word balance, but you have to use that. You have to find that balance sometimes. And sometimes the balance means that I don't have, 
you know, much time for family or friends because I have to push through this thing. Right. And other times you have to take time and say, hey, that work will be there tomorrow. I need to spend time with my buddy Brad and decompress or I need to go, you know, you were talking about axe throwing that one time <laughs> or, you know, just go do something to, to decompress. Because if, if you burn yourself out, you, you run the risk of A, imploding relationships and running yourself down a path that you might not be able to recover very well from, whether that's, you know, again, relationships, your job, or hopefully not going down an even worse path with harming yourself or others. Like, you know, that stuff can just build and build and build. And we've talked about that a lot of times too. Like just life in general can build and build and build that pressure on people. And you got to be able to, you got to be able to release that somehow. Right. Well, when I talk about, you want know, to do some public speaking in regards to survivors, you know, I talk about, because people always want to blame one specific point um, when someone passes away by suicide. They want to sure. say, this is the it's, leading cause. Easy this, is, this is why they right. did it. You know, this is that easy answer, but it's really not. You need to look back at, you know, the total history of things. And as males, I think, you know, each event, each thing we do, each each way we take away from ourselves is another drop in the cup. And eventually that cup's going to fill up and overflow and we're going to have an issue. And whether that's, you know, our marital issues, you know, mm-hmm. issues with our children, our job, you know, we have to make sure that we're almost segmenting ourselves in a way that allows us to kind of give and take and, and build ourselves up as individuals. Um, because it's, it's, it's not, a sp- it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You, you know, you ran the Ironman. That's you're going back to that a little bit. I mean, that's, you know, you have to mentally prep for you. That's physical and mental. You're not going to get oh, yeah. through that race. The, yeah. I mean the, that you're exactly right. I mean, you can, within reason, you can be physically unprepared for the race and if you're mentally strong enough you'll make it across it might take you you know a shit you're not going to finish first yeah you're not you're not going to win the race for sure but but you have to you have to have mental toughness to do something like that or you you literally will crack and you won't you won't finish it right and even if you look at like um even some elite athletes if you if you actually read articles or, or talk to them or whatever, they still have that same mental toughness because they can be conditioned. And I have this sort of theory, like every athlete's probably conditioned to do better than what they actually are doing yep. because the other side is the mental aspect of it. How much can you freaking push yourself to get through the thing? You right. know what I mean? And and that's the that's the key side. But again, kind of going back to that, that's all that's sort of a temporary gig. You know, even though you're on a, let's say, in a, you know, a half Ironman might be a, you know, a half day or close to a full day deal. An Ironman can be a full day deal. You see people doing it in 10, you know, 10, 12, whatever, 14 right. hours. In, and it's been a long time since so I, might, I might be off in those times. But that's a significant part of a day where you are physically active going for it. And if you don't have the mental fortitude to do it, you're, you're done. Pack yeah. it up, get in, the, get in the van and go home. Yeah, I mean, I think part of being like kind of just your mental wellness is, is mental awareness. I mean, you got to know where that's to a great mental awareness. That's a great, kinda, yeah, I like that. Try to know where you need to draw that line. You know, when are you, when are you breaking beyond that point? I mean, cause I mean, just, I mean, we need physical activity to stay healthy. We need, you know, an outlet to decompress, to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of knowing when you're crossing that line, my wife actually, so you talk about going back again to the pit crew. My wife does a good job of kind of knowing when I'm, 
reaching a breaking point. She's like, you need to take a break. You need to step mm-hmm. away. I think we all need to make sure that, you know, as we have conversations with our friends and family, they're aware of, you know, that they can tell us, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to take a break. Maybe you need to take time for you. Maybe go throw an ax, uh, mm-hmm. you know, go for a walk, go play some music, go do some artwork, you know, go jam for a little bit. Um, you know, call your buddies and go out. A lot of times, you know, as a father, I feel guilty. I work so much, you know, professionally with a nonprofit, you know, lots of different other activities I'm involved in. I feel bad leaving the house at times just because I feel like I'm already gone. But my wife does a great job of kind of telling me, she's like, no, you need to take that time out of the house just yeah. for you. This isn't you going to work. This isn't you working on a foundation. This isn't you, right. you know, working professionally. This is this is Brad's time for Brad. And, and that's kind of having that person in my corner has been extremely valuable because otherwise I think I would just go, go, go until, you know, I just kind of like fell apart and just had a breakdown. Yeah. And I, I think that's a critical point. You know, you, if you have somebody who's, who you can trust around you, who does have your best interests in mind, because here, here's the deal. I mean, and, and this isn't anything negative toward anybody, specifically Sarah, but you definitely, I know people who would look at me in particular and go, oh man, you shouldn't do 90% of what you, like, you need to go to work at, you know, get there at eight, come home at five and have all this free time (laughs) to do whatever. And like, that's not how I roll either. So you definitely don't roll like that. (laughs) Right. And you don't either, you know, and that's the beautiful part about like Sarah for you is that she knows that that's not what makes you tick. You know, you are not an eight to five guy or Mm -hmm. whatever, a normal and, and, being whole, what makes you whole is helping others and starting a foundation and trying to reach out and, and great relationships with people. And the fact that she can say, Hey, listen, Brad, get, get the hell out of here. You need some time. Like that's, that's beautiful, man. That's, yeah. that's really powerful. No, it, it is. I mean, it's, I think it kind of all started with my brother's passing. She noticed that I was reaching a critical threshold with my stress level. And I think, you know, and I, and you know, I've apologized for her multiple times. I mean, she almost became my punching bag because I didn't know how to outlet, let go of my grief. And honestly, right. until Survivors Joining for Hope was founded, I didn't really have an outlet. Counseling didn't work for me. Uh, you know, as a guy, we, we have a hard time, I think, asking for help. Well, counseling I went to didn't work for me. Right. Groups weren't really my thing, but I found kind of an outlet in helping others. It was like, you know, I was by seeing families that are being challenged, I was able to do that. And you can kind of take that into your own life. Like, you may not want to talk about it, but just simply helping someone with a similar problem can be a resolution for you and help you kind of find that that kind of decompression lever a little bit. And that's that's what worked for me. Now everyone's different. No one's going to have the same journey, same path, uh, you know, same outlet. But I think it's important to keep our eyes and and you know even our minds and hearts open to just trying anything and right. everything. Because it's you know as males we often say get a stereotype where no that's 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 a girly you know activity that's that doesn't make any sense that doesn't fit me that's silly you know that's 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 a not to interrupt you but that's a great point like as you're talking about that i think one of the other things that you know one of my goals with this is like breaking down tradition mm-hmm. okay so you what you just said is a perfect example like you know, as we go try to help people through a suicide loss mm-hmm. or just help friends or talk to them or whatever there's sort of this traditional path, right? Um, Brad's going along, has this major traumatic thing, 
and you know the world in general knows you're going through it and they're going to try to support you as much as possible but how do you fix or get through it well you should go talk to somebody you should go to counseling and this isn't a ban on counseling at all because it's hyper important right but for you that wasn't the path nope. for you what heals you and allows you to grow and move forward from it is actually helping others which is also intensely difficult to do because as you're put into situations we've talked about this you've been in people's homes the day of the day after yeah. where someone has died and talk about an intense pressure cooker but i think just my own interpretation of that when i've done it as well it's intensely hard. It brings up lots of traumatic memories and all this other stuff. But in doing that, it allows you to, me anyway, I'll focus on myself. It allows me to normalize a little bit of those feelings. Because part of the thing with a loss or any traumatic thing, I think, is part of the sort of the bullshit of like, I shouldn't feel this way, or you feel guilt for that, or you don't understand it. When you see someone else struggling with something and they're having those same feelings, those same questions, it normalizes it for you and says, okay, hey, when you fall off your bicycle and you break your leg, it's okay to cry about it because it freaking hurts. Yeah. When you broke your leg and cried about it, you feel bad about it. When you see your buddy do it, you go, okay, that was actually an okay thing, which is this you know, freaking right. weird thing that we go through. But you know, so I could totally see that. I mean, it does for me, but I could totally see for you too, like going to help people is your quote unquote counseling. Yep. Um, and, and that's incredible. So I think we have to try to continue to tell people there isn't a set hard, fast rule or a set path, but mm -hmm. you have to find that. You know, we keep going back to this like pressure cooker, yep. pressure cooker cork. Like you have to figure out what the hell that thing is. You know, part of my deal is come home and crank the guitar amplifiers up and shake the house foundation like that. Whatever <laughs> it does, man, just like, yeah, it's great. The only thing it did was is it, it creates perspective. I think in the world that's kind of just dominated by social media, we have this kind of mindset of we need to keep up with the Joneses basically. I mean, mm -hmm. we have a perspective of, we need to achieve this great job, this great hourly pay or salary, you know, this level of education, but we all take different paths. There's different paths to success. Success right. can be determined and defined different ways. And as, is, I mean, for myself, for example, it's, it's, you know, where, what does success, is success being a, a great father, is success being a, you know, multi, a business owner that owns multiple businesses making millions of dollars a year, you know, is success being, you know, a husband just in general, like, right. We can all set our different levels of, of success and what success means for society and, and, and social media specifically does almost alters our, our perspective, I think, and, and almost has been rewiring us to an extent, uh, since it's kind of inauguration, uh, as far as how we kind of view things, we start to see, you know, the celebrities more, more, we see more people uh, kind of exposing and opening their lives up. We, we have this almost mindset that we need to just portray ourselves as these grand, amazing people. We don't portray the challenges. We don't, we don't right. portray, you don't get that perspective. You don't get the negative perspective on social media. You might a little bit at times when people are reaching that breaking point. Right. But you know, I don't go on social media and say, man, Work was a shit show today. Like, right. I don't go on social media and say, man, my wife and I are arguing and I've had it. Like, I don't go on social media and say, man, my kids, 
you know, I got three boys. These guys are nuts. Like they are just a handful <laughs> and I'm exhausted. Like, right. I mean, you don't see that on social media. And we don't talk about that. Social media has kind of put up almost a smoke and mirror show of perfection that we all feel we need to live up to. And we all need to kind of accept, you know, especially as males and heads of households and fathers and best friends, um, you know, that it's okay to talk about the negative and show that darker side and, and have conversations about that. Cause that's how we're going to basically be able to grow as a society. I think. Right. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. And it's so, so important. And especially, you know, like this episode, we're focusing on the male side of it. Like right. we have to, we have to rewire the male brain and the societal society's male brain to say, it's okay. Yep. We don't have to follow a specific path, but we do need to, you know, again, the stupid analogy, but we need to, to let that cork out, whatever right. the heck that is. And that's, that's really one of my goals is trying to get that point across. Right. Like we have to allow that. I agree. And I think, you know, and perhaps a, you know, a future conversation we could have is, is, you know, as a male, how do we rewire ourselves to almost, you know, think from a female perspective sure. to, to make our relationships better. Sure. I mean, that's a whole different conversation. I mean, you know, you can have my wife on and just kind of more multiple women on to talk about the challenges they face with, you know, right. spouses, boyfriends, professionals, just, just that challenge. Cause we do have to basically, you know, approach different perspectives now and it's, it's creating a different world. And I think to do that, that's be an interesting conversation to have. So well, I think we should probably, you know, kind of wrap things up here real quick, but I think my call to action today would just be simply have conversations with your dude friends, get out there and, and meet with your buddies. We talked about going to the fourth layer last, <laughs> right call, last call. I think, <laughs> I think this time it's about being open, you know, talk to your, your, your male, female friends, have those conversations and really just dig in a little bit and, and be open to that conversation. It's not about being tough. Sometimes being vulnerable is a form of being strong. It's a form of strength. I, I think it is. I think it is for sure. So as males, let's, let's be a little more vulnerable. Let's have some conversations and connect with people on a different level. Cool. That's, that's awesome. That's that a great call you? to action. Yeah. All right. That's our call to action. So again, check us out online, societyrewired.com. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com backslash society rewired. Um, you know, Instagram, Twitter, we're on there. So make sure you check us out, follow us, uh, check us out online. So, and you know, remember not to lose hope when the sun goes down, the stars come out. All right. Thank you everybody. See ya.